Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. Darren Meenan, who is Mr. Seven Line himself. We've been wanting to meet Darren for quite some time. We've been following him what seems forever. We are huge Met fans. We are even bigger Darren fans and fans of the Seven Line. So we wanted to find out how you started from, I believe it was your basement, a business that is now really huge and successful. So Darren, why don't you tell us a little bit how you began? I'm 39 years old. I graduated high school in 1998. Uh, I went to St. Mary's in Manhasset. And uh, my senior year, I learned how to screen print t-shirts. So I would print t-shirts at school. And then at the time I was racing BMX bicycles all all around the country. I was racing nationally. So I would make t-shirts and bring them to the tracks and sell them. So I said, you know, this is a pretty cool way to make a couple extra bucks. And as a 17, 18 year old at the time, um, I, I... figured at a pretty early age that working for myself was probably probably the best path or best route for me to go down. So I was always trying to find ways to stay busy, stay occupied. And, and I had that entrepreneurial spirit at a very early age. Not that that's very early, but you know, high school aged, whatever. After high school, I bought a, a t-shirt uh, press, a screen printing press on eBay and started working out of my parents' basement for local businesses, pizzerias, bars, bands, you know, fundraisers, anyone who needs some type of shirt, like a, a, a walk, maybe like a charity walk. So I learned at, at an early age how to, how to make these t-shirts and sell them and run my own business. But my whole life, I've been a Mets fan. So growing up in, in Queens, I lived in Douglaston at the time. I was pretty close to Jay Stadium and my grandfather worked there at the time. So I was always going to a lot of baseball games. So being a Mets fan was always something that was a part of my life. So it was BMX, the Mets, and, uh, you know, riding dirt bikes or whatever it may be. But um, my love of the Mets was always something that was there. So since I was printing all these shirts for other people, I figured, hey, why don't I make something that has to do with my passion for the Mets? So in 2009, I made a shirt that said, I survived. And it was basically a breakdown of all the disappointments of the years leading up to that year, which was the first season that the Mets were at City Field. And it said, let's go Mets 2010 on the bottom. Now, at the time, I didn't have a license with Major League Baseball, so I wasn't legally supposed to write Let's Go Mets on the shirt. Um, But anyway, I didn't think this was a business. It was just a funny shirt to wear to the games uh, towards the end of September of 2009. And the fans around the ballpark um, said, where did you get that? They said, oh, you know, maybe I can start a website here. So I started a website in the offseason, printed up a a few different T-shirt designs, and opening day 2010 was the official launch of what became the Seven Line. And, um, you know, I was going to so many games at the time and uh, we'd bring T-shirts in a backpack and I'd sell them at different tailgates and walk through the, the parking lot and try to spread the word as much as I possibly could, handing out business cards and stickers and so on and so forth. Just word of mouth was the way to really get this off the ground. And the use of social media as um, the, a free tool was really to my advantage, especially at the time. You know, Instagram was brand new. Twitter was fairly new. Facebook was around. So I used all these different avenues to spread um, 
spread my wings and show the other Mets fans that may have stumbled across the website or the social media platforms who I was about, that I'm a Mets fan, I'm making these shirts for other Mets fans, and not to downplay or discredit uh, fans that want to go shop at a retail store or a chain, so wouldn't you rather purchase something from one of your own? And that's that's been the backbone of the whole thing from the start, for the Mets fans, by the Mets fans. And to this day, now 11 or 12 seasons later, uh, I still only have a couple couple of employees. I do as much as I possibly can on my own. And um, I think the fans really appreciated and respected that from the beginning, that it's still the same way now, you know, 11 years later. It's so. not just t-shirts that you're making and hats and, and fan memorabilia. It's, you really, right, you really created a community. We all know we're in New York, and if you're, in a, you're a Met fan, you know how to get to City Field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way. Otherwise, you're not getting there. You're creating a real community of people who go to games together, travel to different cities to go to games together. That I think is is probably even better than than just the T-shirts. You've created an outlet for Mets fans who want to commiserate together because that's what we do. We lose yeah, a lot. <laughs> that was very important. Yeah, the losing. Uh, you know, it's way too much of that surrounded with the being a Mets fan, unfortunately, but. I, I came from the BMX background and, and a lot of the brands that I really appreciated and, and respected and, you know, spent my money on were the ones that were owned by people who actually rode bikes, not just a, a random corporation or, 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 you know, Toys R Us, whoever makes the bikes that go into these different places, you know, and the brands that I liked were also community based. So those companies that sold the bikes would also put on their own contests or they would sponsor their own riders. And they, they were always trying to, be more about like the, like you said the community rather than just here's a bike buy it and ride it you know it's like let's ride the bikes together so it was the same thing let's buy these shirts or let's buy these tickets and be Mets fans together rather than um, you know just buying a shirt and going to a game like anyone could go to a Mets game of course but we like the aspect of when the Mets stink we still have a bunch of friends to hang out with and a bunch of different um, activities or events that we can go to together or hang out in the parking lot and tailgate or even in the off season or a weird year like now, yeah. you can still have people that you're friends with because of your fandom, which is um, something that I really wanted to tap into. And I thought that that was very important for it, sure. It, you created such a, a niche in the market because you're not doing other teams. You're just focusing on the Mets, which shows your loyalty, but it also shows how smart you are because you've branded yourself and now you're sticking with it, which is how you're so successful. Uh, would you say that this would be how you stepped out of line in your life, uh, taking a risk and going for it? Or is there something else that comes to mind that you could think of? Well, I'm not going to, uh, downplay the importance of school and you know so on and so forth I, I did go to college it wasn't for this but a, a funny story my mom said the first day I got off the, the bus I think from kindergarten I asked her how many more years do I have of this so I think I stepped out of line pretty early saying you know I want to work for myself how do I do this how can I uh, not that I feel like it's the worst thing in the world to have a boss but I always felt like if I kind of um, you know uh, did my own thing and tried to um, be successful at what I put my mind to. I think that, I don't know if that's really stepping out of the line per se, but um, you know, a lot of people follow, not, not, not to say like a textbook of how they think their life should go or what they should do or, 
or what their parents want them to do. But um, I, I felt like, um, you know, you choose, your, you choose a path and you set your mind to it and, and try to make it happen. And um, saying, don't say no for an answer. Don't take no for an answer really isn't the, the word I'm trying to get to, but um, try to be powerful and in your mind. And, um, you know, I feel like it's kind of cliche to say like anything you can put your mind to, you can actually uh, pull off. But I, f I feel really strongly about that. And there's um, a band uh, called the Bad Brains and they have a song that, that they're a, a punk rock band from DC, the DC area. And they have a song called PMA and it's positive mental attitude. And I feel like your mind is such a strong tool. And if you stay positive, uh, you can accomplish anything. A lot of work, a lot of hours, you hustled and you got this done. So I get your arm, get your hands dirty, get in there. And, and, you know, if you don't know something and you know what, at the time that YouTube wasn't really as popular when I was learning all this, you know, in the late nineties, YouTube wasn't even around yet. So now uh, the youth of today has everything at their fingertips that they want to learn. Anything you could think of, you can go on the internet and type in and how do I do this? How do I do that? But at the time it was really, um, what do I want to learn? How do I figure this out? And how can I do it without hiring somebody else or paying somebody else? Let me do this myself, you know? Um, but as far as like our content team is, is involved, I have a co-host on my weekly show, Orange and Blue Thing. Um, when the quarantine hit, a buddy of mine, his name is Herm. He works out of Brooklyn. He does a remote um, art show for us through the internet. So we have different people who work like more on the freelance side, but as far as like an actual team, it's really still just less than five. It's, it's pretty, pretty small. You receive recognition from actual Mets players who all adore you because you're great to them. You promote them. You are getting fans to together to enjoy the successes that the Mets do have, and they do have a lot of successes. We just walk away sad sometimes from games, but the joy that we get when they're amazing, that's what they are, they're really the amazing Mets. Um, it's just awesome. A curious, what is your daughter's name? Did you happen to name her Shay? No, we, we tried to, you know, my wife and I, we're, we're obviously, we're, we're big fans, but we, we like to have some things in our life that aren't just Mets related. So, um, you know, her name is um, Amelia. We didn't go with, with a baseball related name, but it's funny when we were tossing names back and forth, uh, my wife brought up the name Harper and I said, absolutely not. We can't have, I can't look at our daughter and think about Bryce Harper, you know? So I, 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 veto, I, I X that one out immediately. Um, but Amelia, yeah. Yeah, we were, I wanted to name Perry Shea, but that didn't go well. Who is your favorite all-time Mets player? I feel like this, this, um, this is really a hard question to answer because I feel like it's always uh, generational or a decade. You know, every decade, I feel like I have a new favorite. And it's, it's easy to pick the flavor of the month or, or, you know, the year. He's more than the flavor of the month. He's, he's the man now. But to say Pete Alonso is, is so easy for now because his impact off the field in the past year, he's, he's shown such leadership right out of the gate where it seemed like by the middle of the year, when he went to the all-star game, he was already a veteran. It felt like, you know, the way that he, he acted and um, carries himself with the press and the way he responds to his, the questions from the media uh, and the way he was around nine 11 with the custom cleats for his teammates and, his, his donations to Tunnels to Towers, I believe it was. And he's done so much over the past year. And now there's been so much time off the field because of everything that's been going on that he's still 
he's still doing it. You know, the Homers for Heroes uh, Foundation he has is huge. Um, you know, well, I don't know how huge it is, but he's still, he's, you know, he's getting that off the ground and, and trying to do something uh, positive, which is great. But growing up, I feel like I was always into um, home run hitters. So I liked Mike Piazza. I liked Daryl Strawberry. Uh, guys like that was, were always um, popular to me. And um, I really liked the flash of Jose Reyes back then when, you know, other teams hated it. He was so flashy, his special handshakes, the way he acted on the base pass and, and how animated he was. I feel like he was ahead of his time because now it's almost where more players are acting that way and it's more normal. But he was doing it, you know, 2007, 2008, and he would really get under the skin of all these other teams. But um, I really I, I enjoyed that as well. So the name, the seven line, was more so not just about the seven train, but also at the time, Jose Reyes was still on the team. So there was a lot of correlations between the number seven. He was a big favorite of mine as well. We interviewed Daryl Strawberry for our other ser interview series and incredible because he, um, what, he, what he did, but what he's become now as a man and what he's doing, really very admirable and he was very kind to us. So. Uh, he's one of our favorites and then of course Nelson Figueroa because yeah. how could you not love him and then David Wright is a all-time favorite oh, absolutely nicest guy ever it's um, funny before I moved before I moved out here uh Daryl Strawberry, Strawberry owned a bar a restaurant very close to my house in Douglaston it was only lasted a couple of years but it was funny having a guy that I you know looked up to when I was a little kid and then he owned a business down the block from my house where I'd pop in and, and we'd be on first name basis, you know? So it's, you know, Hey, Hey, Daryl, what's up, Darren? Like, how you doing? Like, how's the family type thing? And so, um, you know, having a, a childhood idol, then open a business in your, in your town was pretty cool. But yeah, like you brought up Nelson too. He, he wasn't a Met for very long, but the impact off the field will make you such a, a fan of a, of a, of a person more so of the person, not just the player. And I think that's important. Right. I don't know if you know this about Nelson because he doesn't really brag about it or talk about it, but the charity that Perry fundraises for is called High Lifeline. And Nelson met Perry when Perry was probably seven. And then we reconnected a few years ago. And when we reconnected, we talked to him about the charity. We're doing a marathon. You know, can you help us? And he raised over $250,000. Wow in one year and every year he's raised money also for kids who you know need help who are like perry who have a you know debilitating illness or have cancer and nelson has done so much off the field i yeah. love him as a player and I, I love baseball i adore everything about it but i love him even more for what he's done off the field uh just like you know pete alonzo who started uh his foundation recently what these players are doing off the field and they're using their charisma and their high profile status that they have and using it for the greater good to me that's incredible we are huge fans we are huge seven line fans we always love to see them in the crowd all dressed in one shirt at one time and, and raising their hands and screaming and it's just such a great exciting thing and, and you make us really proud to be Mets fans